welcome to another episode of the <laughs> Podcast, where uh, we talk about music, TV, music, and video games, not necessarily in that order. Um, my name is Mike. His name is Matt. My name is Matt. His name, his name is Mike. He definitely said music twice and did not say movies at all. Um, <laughs> I just want to point that out. Uh, but we do, in fact, talk about movies here. Uh, we will do that later. But yes, he's correct. And all of that is mostly true. And it is October the 17th, 2023. This is episode the 405. One yes. of my favorite freeways, not my least favorite. No, actually, I don't know. That's a good question. What's your least favorite freeway? Uh, the one. Does that count? You don't like PCH? I love PCH. Well, yes, but everyone loves PCH. That's why I don't like PCH. Okay, not including PCH, because it's like a different thing. It's a highway, not a freeway. Uh, okay. What's uh, your least nine... favorite freeway? Uh, the five. Yeah, that's fair. I don't uh, like sorry, the... for, for everyone um, not in California, <laughs> five. I don't like the 91. I think that's my least favorite. Well, see, I don't mind 91 because there's the fast track, which I can hop on for that stretch. But outside of that stretch... Right. Yeah, it does go on for a while. See, the 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 405, they're actually building expressway lanes right now. I mean, this is probably inside baseball for everybody listening to this that's not from here. But <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm pretty excited because it will open up in Costa Mesa and ends right at the exit to the 22 to the long to Long Beach. And so I'm like, oh hell yeah. Yeah, that entire stretch between 55 and 22. Because it's always such a pain from like beach to um to like westminster and it'll well, be nice because that's where i live but yeah hey, thanks for pointing that out everyone <laughs> <laughs> sorry you just doxed yourself i did not dox you <laughs> you you have only yourself to blame sir uh i have whoever is listening to blame <laughs> sure long beach is a big city i'm not worried about anybody finding me maybe i should be <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's let's, let's do a podcast. Let's stop talking about Cal- the California freeway system. Yes, because this is episode four hundred five or yes. the four hundred five, uh, and we're going to start like we always do with the music section. Start the music section with the Billboard, and we start the Billboard with the Hot One Hundred. And the hottest song in the land is FPS by Drake, featuring J Cole. That would be first-person shooter for anybody who doesn't understand acronyms. Well, you're going to have to send acronyms for this next one because IDGAF by Drake featuring Yeet. Yeet. At three, Virginia Beach by Drake. Coming in at four, Paint the Town Red by Doja Cat. And that breaks the combo breaker as Drake once again wraps up the top five Calling for You by Drake featuring 21 Savage. So there you go. The Drake album hit. Drake got his number one song, Mm -hmm. but couldn't capture the entire top five. No, he did not pull a Taylor Swift Midnight's here, but he got pretty close. And I'm going to bet that even though he got all that streaming numbers, still upset he couldn't uh, get that, couldn't catch Taylor Swift. Yeah. As for your Billboard album chart, your Billboard 200, 
at number one, as expected, for all the dogs by Drake. Coming in at two, one thing at a time by Morgan Mullen. At three, nostalgia by Rod Wave. Coming in at four, guts by Olivia Rodrigo. And rounding out your top five, Zach Bryan by Zach Bryan. Yep. Uh, Drake just pushed everything down except for one exception. Zach Bryan stayed at number five this week. Uh, Autumn Variations by Ed Sheeran disappeared. Into the autumn wind. Exactly, yes. Or a variation of the autumn wind. (laughs) Yes. Yes, you didn't like any of those albums, or you finally got through listening to Drake's double album. We have new releases. I want to point out real quick that you're, every time you do a weird sound effect, your mic just does not pick it up. So it's very <laughs> funny. Just, just letting you know. <laughs> uh, as for new releases, we have One More Time by Blink-182. I wish they did a cover of the Daft Punk song where it's just Tom DeLong singing One, one More Time. More time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly like that, yeah. Exactly like that. Everyone doesn't come along. And it would sound a little like this. <laughs> uh, we also have My Big Day by Bombay Bicycle Club. Mm-hmm. Lighthouse by Duff McKagan. Bolted by Forest Swords. I think those are called twigs, but okay. Or branches. <laughs> uh, there's also Losing What We Love by Knuckle Puck. That is a very inside baseball reference right there. <laughs> or inside hockey rink reference. <laughs> yeah. uh, we also have Bobby by Pip Blom. Uh, Lahai by Sampha. Bad Dream Jaguar by Sun June. Hackney Diamonds by the Rolling Stones. Yes, those Rolling Stones. Yes. And lastly, The Darker the Shadow, The Brighter the Lights by The Streets. That's just true. The Streets, The Streets, The (laughs) Streets. All right, let's get right into music news, shall we? We start with a bit of a somber note. Yep, follow up from last week's story about the sale of Bandcamp. Is this a wrong time to pick up the phone? You know... Like we talked about last week, you never know with these companies, but yes, ultimately, <laughs> the thing that we were hoping that Song Trader wouldn't immediately do, they did immediately do. Um, well, yes, because yeah. half of the employees at Bandcamp, the artist-centric indie music platform, have been laid off just weeks after the company was acquired by Song Trader, uh, which a rep from the company confirmed to Variety. In a statement, Song Trader confirmed that it has completed its acquisition of Bandcamp and continued, quote, Over the past few years, the operating costs of Bandcamp have significantly increased. It requires some adjustments to ensure a sustainable and healthy company that can serve its community of artists and fans. After a comprehensive evaluation, including the importance of roles for smooth business operations and pre-existing functions at Song Trader. 
50% of Bandcamp employees have accepted offers to join Song Trader. I just want to point out how, quote. Yeah, how passive the language is there at the end there. 50% of Bandcamp employees have accepted offers to join Song Trader. What that doesn't say is that the other half got laid off. It wasn't that they offered 100% and 50% of them were like, you know, I don't want a job. I'll pass. No, that's what the way they're making it sound. But that's <laughs> not what happened at all. They laid them off. So important to note here that a lot of the people that they laid off were, were um, in an editorial capacity at Bandcamp. Bandcamp's website had a pretty robust and talented editorial staff. They were doing Bandcamp Daily, which was basically a daily look in at a specific album being sold on Bandcamp. It was great. I got their newsletters and it was really cool to see a different song be highlight or different album be highlighted every day by these really talented writers. And with those writers being laid off, that's just not going to be there. So the entire editorial like part of the Bandcamp business is getting thrown out just because they didn't want to have it. They just don't see the value in it. They're streamlining the operation. So it's going to continue being a storefront but just nothing else. And that's really disappointing. Yeah, I mean, especially the way they phrase it as 50% of employees have accepted offers. It doesn't say that you submitted uh, offers to the other 50%. Mm -hmm. It's just a saying, hey, it's the spin of, we didn't lay off 50%. We brought on or kept on 50%. It's just an incredibly frustrating way to say it. Because it's just like, no, that's not what happened at all. It's the hoity-toity way of saying it. Yeah. It's the acquisition way of saying it. So Yeah, so sad. Definitely. They lost a lot of very talented individuals here, and I hope they find the their feet. But it's really hard because there's not that many companies out there that are hiring for music journalism right now. So it's like, good luck, unfortunately. Oh, can, can I make another um, prepaid phone call right now? That when Microsoft... <laughs> Uh, in a couple of months, lays off a bunch of people from Activision Blizzard King, they will use very similar language. Yeah, I hope not. The one difference here, actually, there is a similarity. Bandcamp does technically have a union. Bandcamp United, which was unionized earlier this year, they tried, the only problem that they ran into is that they tried to do negotiations with Epic before the sale was finalized. Ultimately, they couldn't prohibit the layoffs from happening. Comparison to compare that to Microsoft and Activision. So Activision cracked down on union building at Activision. They never got a union off, off the ground quite in the way that they needed to to actually do to actually organize under Activision. This sale actually benefits them because Microsoft had said in the early days of the acquisition that they would honor any unionization attempts by employees and they would not stand in the way of it. So this actually gives people on the Activision side that are being bought by Microsoft, and we'll get to that story later, of course, um, an advantage because they will have a union. They've already been told that they will have that union, which will give them some bargaining power that's, that Bandcamp just didn't have. So fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Um, hopefully fingers are crossed this past weekend because it was October the 13th. 
Oh, sorry, not October thirteenth. Friday the thirteenth. All of it also true. All Both of those things are true. Yes. So, um, what was that? That's Jason out there slashing it up. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Uh, meanwhile, Jason Kelsey was on the field, sacking it up. Because <laughs> yeah, we'll get to Kelsey's. The Kelsey's they lost. Later. Yes. <laughs> uh, but on the other side of that, his brother, and maybe future girlfriend. That's why the fingers are still crossed. Taylor Swift <laughs> had a good weekend this past weekend, as oh, yeah. Taylor Swift the Eras Tour concert film officially opened to drum roll please from. $92.8 million in North America. That's lower than what you said. So, to be fair, you did not specify if that was going to be the domestic or the global total. The global total got pretty close to 150 but didn't cross it either. Yes, so you had to add yeah. $30 million internationally to bring the first weekend total to $123 million globally. So, so yeah, the number, a little high. However... Almost However, 100 for a movie that wasn't even scheduled six weeks prior is pretty good. Yeah, the ticket sales are slightly below the estimates, which were at 95 million to yeah. 97 domestically, uh, but it's still wildly impressive nonetheless. At the domestic box office, it's the second biggest October debut of all time, trailing behind only 2019's Joker film starring Walking Phoenix with 96 million. With, limit, with minimal promotion and unconventional distribution strategies and showing up at football games to get the word out, the Eras Tour easily landed the best start of all time for a concert film, which we kind of knew and kind of predicted, mm -hmm. as well as the seventh biggest opening weekend of the year. It's a remarkable start for a movie that, as you said, wasn't even on the calendar six weeks ago. I mean, yeah, we knew it was going to do well. Um, even though it didn't quite hit the number that some people had put up, it's still for a concert film incredibly successful and easily becomes one of the best performing films of the year, considering it is a film that is not going to play on weekdays. Yes. So it is a Thursday, I believe. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, I don't know about Thursdays. I definitely know Friday, Saturday, Sundays are scheduled. Yeah. And they're only scheduled for until the first week of November. I believe those are the last ones I saw at our local AMC. Um, so, yeah, um, she made it into an event. She made sure people showed up and knew about it. She even showed up at some theaters on a Wednesday night for a special uh, meet and greet uh, for super fans, which was pretty cool of her to do, I thought. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, ultimately it worked out for her. She has yet another claim to fame she can put on her little resume there which is that she set a box office record as well on top of all the other records that she's put on like put in it got on in her career uh, i don't sure what resume she is sending out with this because <laughs> i don't think she's looking for a job <laughs> no she doesn't need to send anything i think she's got her bona fides as it stands um i saw this oh are we not going to say this for the movies um, yeah, we can talk about it now. We talk about the movies. Well, let's talk about it now. It's pretty much a concert film. We're already talking about it, so I figured yes. just to burn it here so that we don't have to do it in the movies. Um, so, you went to a movie theater. Yeah. No, scratch that. You tried to get me to a movie theater. <laughs> tried to get mo a lot of people, and nobody <laughs> could. Uh, so I ended up going by myself. I uh, Not that it really changed the experience. 
Although I thought about it, it's only the second time that I've seen a movie in a theater by myself. Um, the first time, I don't know. Do you want to guess? Not, you're not going to get it. The first and only other time that I've seen a movie in a theater by myself is remember when they did the 3D re-release of Beauty and the Beast? Uh, yeah, that's where they were doing a lot of the animated re-releases. Well, uh, uh, things were not going well at the apartment that I was living in at the time, and so I left uh, to just give myself put my, give myself an exit and just go, went to see that by myself. <laughs> it was very nice. However, much better circumstance for this. Um, so yeah, I did. So if you want to read my whole thoughts on there as to a movie, I have a post up on mediaboatpodcast.com where I go more in depth about my feelings about it. Here I'll just say, well, what are you expecting? If you're expecting a Taylor Swift concert film, that's exactly what you're getting here. Um, it's well made. It's a pretty good um, version of what a lot of people saw in person at the tour itself. If you've only seen, <clears throat> pardon if you've only seen footage from YouTube or TikTok, well, this is already going to be better than that. You get a lot of close-ups. You got really great, like great shots that you've never seen before of these performances. And if you haven't seen any of these performances, then it's a really fun show. She does a lot of cool effects on this on the stage. She enter like she does uh, transitions between songs that you've never heard before. It's really cool. A lot of cool moments. Cool costume changes. It's a cool show uh, that Taylor put on here, and this is a good filmed version of that show. It delivers in almost every way that you want it to deliver. I, there's really not much negative to say here unless you don't like Taylor Swift, and then if you don't, then why are you seeing this movie? So, really... Are there any songs that you wish she played that she, she didn't? Or she did include? I mean... There's going to be fans who are going to be a little upset that she doesn't do Cardigan. She does the other two songs from the Folklore Trilogy, but she does not do Cardigan, which is an interesting uh, song to leave out. Um, she leaves Long Live to the credits. As expected. I think it's a fitting credit song, but would yes. I like to see it in performance? Yes. Maybe. Maybe she did Haunt It. That'd be all right. Um, but but honestly, though, she goes through so many of the hits. You are a person who is wont to say, play the hits. Well, she plays the hits here. Uh, pretty much every big Taylor song you'd want to hear is represented in the set list. Right. You have to do a good balance between people who are just going to see a Taylor Swift concert versus, versus a Taylor Swift concert film. <laughs> of You want to play the hits. You just want to get the hits there. Yeah. And then some of those deeper cuts. Um, speaking of those deeper cuts, how was the alleged melody of the... Um, Secret songs. So it's not so much a medley because okay. there are only two songs and they are not like, there's no like transition between the two of them. It is just, here's a song, here's a song. So yeah, a little that, what they had said beforehand, not exactly what they actually gave us in the film, but the two that they did, which ended up being, sorry, spoiler alert if you care, um, ended up being uh, You're On Your Own Kid from Midnight's and then our song from the debut which I thought were two really perfect songs that complement each other mm -hmm. and act as a bridge into the midnight section, which is the final section in the film. So I thought it worked. I thought that if you're going to pick two, those are the two to pick. Interesting that they chose not to have any guest appearances in the film. So don't expect Heim to show up or Aaron Dessner. Like, no, you're just going to get Taylor. 
what? I don't get Taylor Lautner coming out doing a no, backflip. Unless you were at that theater where he did a back backflip in person, then no, you don't get any Taylor Lautner here. Uh, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it. There's all, all all that there's really to say about it. It's a Taylor Swift concert film. It's the Eras tour in, on on film. If you haven't seen it, it's the best way to see it. And hey, it sounds all the songs sound great on a theater sound system. Um, so as someone who didn't last question, as someone who didn't spend seven hundred dollars on a concert ticket and instead spent twenty dollars, <laughs> worth it? I mean, yeah, I think that it's a more accessible version of that same experience. I think it's a way to translate that experience to people who don't have that much um, expendable income. So I'm glad it exists because that's a lot of people who missed out on tickets to that show. You're not going to, of course, get that same energy, but the movie tries. It tries really hard. The crowd noise in the mix is so loud. You do feel like you're there. Like it is so piercingly loud at the beginning. It gets lower, obviously, when songs are happening. But it definitely wants you to feel as if you are surrounded by screaming people and does a pretty good job of doing that. So so it succeeds there. Even though you were the only person in the theater, it felt like you were in a crowd. <laughs> well, to be fair, I wasn't the entire, the only person in the theater the entire runtime. It took about 15 minutes for people to actually show up. Who um, shows up late to a movie? Everybody turns out. I know. It's baffling to no. me. I mean, I want to show up and see the entirety of the 20. <laughs> I know they haven't called it the 20 in 15 years, but I'm going to still call it's it the newbie. 20. Yeah, newbie. <laughs> Yeah, it was just me and Maria Menudos for a little bit there, but <laughs> people did show up. Overall, crowd was kind of sedate, wasn't? I mean, Saturday morning crowd is not going to be your Friday night premiere crowd. I'm sure it was way mm-hmm. more raucous and crazy then. So, I got the I got the more chill crowd, but you know what? That's fine. That's fine with me. You think the crowd would have helped? I mean, yeah. Like, there's probably a version of this that's a lot crazier when you have a whole. Theater yeah, full of screaming Swifties. This was not that experience, but some mm-hmm. people probably did have that experience this weekend, and good on them. So, well, you still have two more weekends to try and find said experience. I might if go you a, can find a ticket. <laughs> yeah, I might go a second time with Christy. Uh, she might want to see it with me right. because she missed out the first time. So I don't know. Maybe I'll report back next week and say we saw it again. <laughs> All right. Um, did you listen to any other albums though? Uh, nothing really to talk about here. Uh, not much else going on. All right, then. Let's move on into video games. And we start yes. with new releases, including Wizard with a gun for the PC, PS5, and Xbox Series X. I wonder what that's about. I want to say it's a gun who gets picked up by a wizard. Maybe. Uh, then there's also Sonic Superstars for everything. You got it. You can play it. Wide release. Yeah. Uh, we also have Overpass 2 for the PC, PS5, and Xbox Series X. Um, Endless Dungeon for everything but the Switch. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. They have Hellboy, colon, Web of Weird for everything. You got oh, it. Weird. You can play it. Also wide release inescapable colon no rules no rescue for everything you got it you can play it and keep it on the wide release train hot wheels unleashed two colon turbocharged uh and lastly in terms of wide releases agatha christie 
dash murder on the Orient Express. Everything wide release. Uh, I know. Uh, there's also Gargoyles Remastered for the PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch, as well as Gangs of Sherwood for PC, PS5, and Xbox Series X. I would take a guess that that one is a Robin Hood game. <laughs> that was my guess as well. And then we have three big releases. If you have a Nintendo Switch, it is your time to shine <laughs> as Super Mario Brothers Wonder is out this week. Wonder, 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 wonder. wonder. If you wonder what that is, <laughs> you can go pick it up on the Switch. Wonder, 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 wonder. Uh, your second big release is Marvel's Spider-Man 2 for the PS5. It's here. Uh, my supposedly game of the year is finally showing up. Um, I will be playing this Thursday night, 9 p.m. is when it finally unlocks. Mm -hmm. um, reviews embargo was lifted this week. I think it was yesterday. Um, so reviews are out. Some spoiler stuff is out there. Overall, um, getting good buzz. Getting good, yeah, yeah. good word. Seems like the consensus is if, hey, you liked that first one. Did you like Miles Morales? Well, we took all of the good things from those games and put them into one game. And we doubled down. We made it bigger. Bigger sets. Bigger. Bigger map. Bigger use of the PS5. Because this <laughs> Spider-Man was a PS4 game. Yeah, no, so... This is solely be. a PS5, so... It's probably going to look Somniac, pretty good. Insomniac, using what they used from Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart, yeah. in the Switch mode, Quick Switch, right here. Yeah. But hey, if you don't have a Switch or a PS5, one, I'm sorry for your losses, <laughs> but two, wide release, gilding everywhere, the king is here. Skull Island, colon, Rise of Kong, everywhere. You got it? You can play it. It seems like a weird movie to, or game to highlight. Why are you highlighting this game of all, of all the games here? Because it is a goddamn King Kong game. <laughs> and King Kong ain't got nothing on these, on uh, Mario Brothers or Spider-Man. It also has nothing on good gameplay, because apparently <laughs> it sucks. Uh, tell me about how bad this game is, apparently. This game is so bad. It makes <laughs> how Gollum, bad was it? It makes uh, that Gollum game look playable. <laughs> <laughs> that is the joke everybody is making. So yes, good, good job. So a new King Kong game has gone viral due to its unusually poor graphics, with one player labeling it <laughs> "quote a complete scam." Nice. The aforementioned. Skull Island, colon, Rise of Kong, was released for consoles and PC on Tuesday. And quickly, social media filled with videos highlighting its shoddy presentation, which at certain points appears to be incomplete. One clip in particular uh, shows a cutscene in which the developer appears to have inserted a static image in place of an incomplete animation. 
Another, shared by a King Kong fan account, shows a combat scene that the user calls, quote, low effort shovelware. <laughs> the price for Skull Island, colon, Rise of Kong, currently retails at, drumroll, $49.99 on the PlayStation Store. However, you can get a 25% discount if you're a PS Plus member. Oh boy. So excited to use discount on this game. Don't don't buy it, people. Don't buy it. Just, just so ignore it. I saw a clip of this. <laughs> I didn't know what it was. I thought it was someone's like attempt at a King Kong like graphics game. Like a fan a, game? You thought Yeah, like a fan like, game. Yeah. 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 The caption was like real-time engine capture. Yeah. And I was like, okay, like this is someone's fan game. It looks okay, whatever. Really blocky, really triangly. Like looks like they're trying. And then the, it's like um the still image popped up, like, oh, okay. So I guess it's not complete then. But all right. <laughs> all right, it's it's okay, it's like passable. I see what they're going for. Did but you no, <laughs> I did not expect yeah. this to be an actual game for fifty dollars? <laughs> did you perhaps think it was something that someone had made in Roblox? Uh well I thought someone had taken their first pass at um uh was it uh Unreal Engine uh four. <laughs> not five, four. Not even five, four. No, four. But yeah, uh Roblox. Um that's kind of more apt, I guess, because it was really blocky, but hey, <laughs> it being on the PlayStation, now people have access to play Roblox games and make Roblox content because Roblox has had a huge Roblox launch on Roblox PlayStation, according to analysis group at Roblox Circana NPD. According to executive director Matt Piscatella, one week after Roblox, the game Roblox, launched, launched on PlayStation, only two games have driven more engagement. Fortnite, and Call of Duty. Quote, Roblox had a huge debut week on PlayStation. According to Circana's player engagement tracker, during its launch week, Roblox ranked third in percentage of PlayStation players that played the title at least once. Only Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 2, and Fortnite ranked higher. End quote. I also saw like 10 million players peak have already played it at least once on playstation platforms specifically which is a huge launch which makes sense being in third place with these two perennial heavy hitters like people were apparently waiting for roblox on playstation platforms to the point where as soon as they got it they pounced right on it there was a demand or they were at least very curious as to what this Roblox Minecraft S game that's been solely on Microsoft consoles and PC has to do with PlayStation. You know, it being free also like helps to it like being it helps, a yeah. free download. Like, hey, let me check this game out. It's free. Yeah, I'm sure that probably helps a lot, especially with younger people who want to give it a try. And if anything, Roblox is huge with the younger people. So 
but it also goes to show you how just how big of a platform PlayStation is. Uh, if this was, you know, Xbox, this wouldn't be a story because, I mean, it's already been on Xbox, but you know what I mean. <laughs> the PlayStation 5 has sold extremely well, um, especially for something as expensive as it, as it is. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it's doing super, super well. So there's already a huge bunch of people that just never got to try Roblox or wanted to try Roblox on a platform that was more like their console instead of their phone or their PC. And so, yeah. yeah or have that. a PC that is older and can't really play mm-hmm. games or they don't have um, like a Steam account or Game Pass account on it. So, yeah. yeah. So it's not super surprising to see the numbers get this big, but it just goes to show you that Roblox is still as big, if not the biggest it's ever been, which is wild because it's came out in like 2007 or something ridiculous like that. It so, just keeps yeah. going. It just keeps, keeps chugging. Keeps going. Anyway. Right. Anyways, speaking of free games. Yes. So I need to ask you a question. I saw you uh, streaming this uh, briefly, and I have one question for you. Do you have a new waifu? No, but I'm glad I have new Wi-Fi and new Wi-Phone to play it on. <laughs> so you played Honkai Star Rail, which for those of you who don't know what that is, that is the turn-based future RPG from the creators of Genshin Impact. So it is also a gotcha game like Genshin Impact, but the combat, instead of being real-time, is classic turn-based combat, it's the, which is, by the way, the reason why I have not touched this with a 10-foot pole. um how are you enjoying this um this just came out on ps5 i assume you're playing it there yes that is why i'm playing it also i've got a new phone uh the s23 ultra Mm -hmm. so the high-end phone up there Um, yeah i'm still gonna get those green uh bubbles from you still yes still still in the green bubbles yes yeah um so i am playing it on basically two high-end systems you could say (laughs) Sure. So throw any quotes on there for mobile. <laughs> Only the highest of ends. Only the highest of ends for uh, this guy right here, with all those all this viewership coming in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's Patreon money right there. It, yeah, good all, use. <laughs> all zero dollars and zero cents of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Honkai's uh, colon Star Rail. Uh, it looks and plays like Genshin Impact, except that it doesn't play like Genshin Impact. It's got, I mean, the the when I'm saying plays like it means the <laughs> open world. You go around. Yes. You talk to everyone. Right. Everyone that's is the stylized. Same. That's the same. That's all largely the same. It's just yes. the combat is different. The combat. Yeah. That's literally the only thing that's different here. And it is, it is turn-based, uh, which threw me off guard for a bit because mm-hmm. I was like, wait, I wasn't expecting turn-based here. Do you like it better? Do you prefer it? Uh, I think I like it um, because it allows me to do other stuff while I'm waiting for... <laughs> Um, my ah, turn. Classic Mike. Playing oh, yes. two games at the same time. Yeah, I have my mobile game running, and then I have uh my Star Rail running. <laughs> so while that's like playing and like mm-hmm. getting up to speed, like I could do like other stuff as well, or like be as distracted um with like life and other things <laughs> instead of like being focused like Ancient Impact was, which was real time. Having to run around, having to be focused, having to wait for my meters to power up in order yeah. to um, unleash my ultimate attacks. Here, not so much. Um, there is some bit more strategy into it mm-hmm. uh, in terms of like having like actual defenses and 
playing up against actual types. But so far, my run-ins has been just hit them really hard. You don't say. Yeah, I I do play the um the elemental types, but most of the time, after I get the, the initial hit, it's just just keep hitting them, mm-hmm. just keep attacking. What is defense? <laughs> Sounds like you're playing it like somebody playing Pokemon Red at seven years old. It's just like I'm just gonna have my starter go in there, hit him with flamethrower, hit him with flamethrower over and over and over again. Actually, it's it's swing a bat at them. Yeah, a, a bat. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Your your main character, your um. Your, your main character, whether you're the guy or the girl, whichever you pick, because that's how they do it. Um, picks up a bat. And so you just, like, go home run, derby on him. Uh, Akuna Jr. Like, and Shohei Otani. Yeah, <laughs> same joke. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, as, but this is, yes, a gotcha game. So how good is the game about giving you a lot of shit to spend at the beginning? Because I know Genshin was really good at that. And or... Does did you hit the wall already where they want you to start putting money in? I haven't hit the wall yet, but I feel yeah. like I'm close because that's the same thing that happened with Genshin Impact. Yeah. When we talked about it, I wasn't there yet. And then mm-hmm. like the next next time I got into it, into I it. hit yeah. it like so hard, like like a half hour in. I was like, oh, this is what everyone's talking about. If I only played it a half hour longer. <laughs> yeah. How bad is uh, it here? Uh, same thing. I haven't hit it yet, but I can definitely see it, especially since they give you like all the free stuff up front. Yeah, it's like, hey, like here, when are you going to give you all this free stuff so you can try it out? And then, yeah, it's the gotcha game. Does it seem like they learned anything from the successes and or failures of Genshin? Is there any adjustments they made to that system? Uh, I feel like there's a lot more going on with the characters in terms of ways to level them up. Uh-huh. So it feels like I'm constantly going back in and leveling up characters. That's good. Um, not just my main character, but also like all my side characters. Is it well. still just by the items? Because uh, yeah. I hated that in Genshin, just having to go through items that I didn't want and feeding them to them so that they would level up. Yeah, the same it's thing. Still yeah. that same mechanic. Same mechanic. Ugh. I mean, I, it, I think the one kind of complaint about it is that because it is um, turn-based, battles do take a lot longer. Yeah. Also, there is a split a split screen, uh, a flash screen, which a splash screen, flash screen, which goes into <laughs> the battle. Right. So that so you run up to someone, you can either hit on them, hit on them, hit, hit on them. them. Yeah, you need to hit them to like stun them or they hit you and you're in the battle. But it does the um kind of Pokemon animation where it goes, what? And then you're mm-hmm. into a into like a turn-based battle. Yeah, the, the Final Fantasy shattered the screen thing. Yeah. That's kind of disappointing because I just assumed that it was gonna happen in real time. See, that's what I thought too, similar to um what you could do with uh, Final Fantasy VII remake. Yeah, yeah, where it just stops and you're just like you line up and you do the turn base, but you're still in the area that you're in. I wonder why mm-hmm. they did that. Maybe to save money on environmental design. I don't know. Yeah, it definitely feels like it because it does feel like you're into a void and not necessarily like in the same world environment. Yeah. Um, Last but, uh sorry, go on. Overall, um the using the star rail, the actual like in name Star Rail game from planet to planet. Yeah. Uh I do like that animation. So at least they've yeah. done well, but I think that's that's something that that um Miho Mihoyo does well is that transition animation. Anytime it goes to from 
gameplay to an actual cutscene, it definitely ups the value, ups the product on it. So do you think there's enough game there? Uh, because one of the cool things about Genshin was how just big it seemed and how they kept adding stuff on. They because... already seem to be doing that with Star Rail. And because the PS5 version came out so late, is it already does it already feel enormous? Like does it already seem like it does, but that's also because, like I said, of the planet hopping that yeah, because it feels like they could just add new planets and new worlds as they go along. Okay. That it does feel like it could just be a infinite ad nauseum as much as they want in terms of gameplay. Whereas Genshin Impact, they already have like a border yeah, kind of more or less kind of mapped out. You're seeing the map in person, like this is a little harder to get the full view because there's planets that you've never even yeah right you can't see right away yeah that's that's potentially really cool i just wish it wasn't first person i want them to do now if they did like a shooter maybe maybe i'd be interested hmm. maybe but we'll see but for for this uh, turn-based rpg nah, not gonna be not gonna grab me see i feel like their next kind of venture would be a moba where they take characters from yeah. Star Rail from both. and Genshin, <laughs> put them together and say, duke it out. Hey, this isn't Netflix we're talking about. Oh, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> anyway, anything else you want to say about Hawkeye before we move on? I mean, it seems like if you like what Genshin was doing, but you want to try a star, like a um, space-themed turn-based version, this seems like this is a good bet for those people. Yeah, uh, I will say the PlayStation does run a lot smoother than it does on the phone. Okay. That being said, running it on the high-end phone that I have now, <laughs> um, besides the overwhelming, uh, like, 11 gigs it takes to run it. 11 gigabytes? Something like that, yeah. That's Aside like... from that. Okay. It it runs great. Well, I'm sure it does, but that's it a better lot run of great. Storage. Yeah, it is a lot of phone storage. That's a lot of yeah. phone storage. Yeah, it's a lot of phone storage, but it runs great on it. I mean, mm-hmm. like I said, you're, yeah. it's not like the the PlayStation where you're going to get the graphics from it. But at the yeah. same time, I think we had the same kind of conversation when Genshin Impact yeah. was between the phone and the console. Just if you have the ability to play. On a couch with a controller, it's going to be a better experience. Yeah. Um, but well, at least guess... with the phone, because it is turn based, mm-hmm. you can pause it, walk away, yeah. come back in twenty minutes, and you're still right there, which That's I true, do. Man. I do like. Now, I mean, maybe the PlayStation Portal will solve this problem for you in just a handful <laughs> of months. Well, um, yeah, yeah, let, we'll, let me we'll... spend three hundred dollars on a free game. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see how long this this grabs you. I'll be interested to see whether this is something you're playing for weeks or months or days. We'll see. Yeah. I'll report back by the end of the month we'll whether see. I've dropped off or not. Because, hey, like I said, Spider-Man, PS, yeah. Spider-Man 2, probably going to take a lot of my time. Yeah, so like you said, you'll jump into some Spider-Man on Thursday night. Yeah. Uh, next week, I should be uh, picking up uh, Super Mario Wonder, so I'll be able to talk about Wonder next week as well. All right. Uh, but that wasn't the only game that I played because this past weekend it was open beta for Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. Okay, and you jumped into that? Yes. And I realized, wow, it's like riding a bike. If yeah. that bike was going 100 miles an hour and I hadn't ridden it in a long time. <laughs> and people keep crashing into you. No, I keep <laughs> crashing into people like, oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. I didn't mean to do that. Sorry. Oh, no. 
Uh, still Call of Duty, turns out. Still Call of Duty. Uh, it's Modern Warfare 3, so a lot of the maps that I've played, kind of like the last Call of Duty that I played <laughs> before dropping off, uh, yeah. because it just kept going on and on and on. Um, but something I realized that it a lot of those textures, just playing it, felt blocky for some reason. Hmm. I don't know if it's because, like, me uh, and just the game of Modern Warfare 3 being... Oh, 10 years old now at this point but just the way it felt in those maps just the way all the environments felt it just felt really blocky like here's your corridors block 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 here's a vehicle all block here's a take block block here's a building block 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 <laughs> i mean it was a different design era so i want to be clear to the people that are listening to this Modern Warfare 3, the game that he's playing, is a brand new game. It's the beta for the brand new game. What you're referring to is that they have brought up maps from the original game titled Modern Warfare 3 from the Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3. I just want yes. to make that clear because you didn't differentiate between the two of them. Oh, no, no. The, the, this is the <laughs> open player. This is the open... Um, beta is for the new open game. Open beta for yes. the Modern Warfare 3. But it's using maps from the old game. Yes. Yeah. Because I have because I have played uh Modern Warfare 2 and uh the Black Ops most recent ones. Yeah. Whenever they did their open betas and those were clean and those had like all the like the high ray tracing and new capabilities that these um that these consoles run on. Mm -hmm. And that looked good, especially um oh, like yeah. playing like in like wet maps. The new maps look really good. Yes. But Playing on the old maps, it just the made me maps. feel like, wow, one, this is nostalgia, and two, it's all blocky. I didn't, I didn't think it was this blocky, but yeah, I a guess. lot of multiplayer shooter design has changed in the last uh, couple of console generations, mm -hmm. it turns out. And so, yeah, it must be weird going back to that. I remember when Modern Warfare 1 Remastered came out, and playing those original Modern Call of Duty 4 maps was just yeah. such a throwback. It was like, oh, yeah, that's right. This was pretty simple, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, they made it more complex. But, yeah, you're right. If you want that nostalgia hit, though, that's enough of a reason for people who really played those old games a lot. And I definitely know that I did. Um, that would be yep. cool to have. I think the open beta is this upcoming weekend as well as the following weekend before Call of Duty comes out in yep. November. Cool. Very cool. All right. Anything else before we move on? Uh, no. Did you play anything? Uh, not really. I'm trying to think. Um, no, I think I jumped in a little bit more Starfield. Uh, played a couple of more missions of that. I am really having to hold myself back. I'm trying to save money so that way I can pick up Mario. I also want to pick mm -hmm. up WarioWare and Fashion Dreamer. So I've got three switch games that i want to buy and so i'm really trying to stop myself from listening to the internet and pick up cyberpunk <laughs> it's been really difficult not to just click buy on that thing because it sounds like they've fixed it a lot and it sounds like a game i would enjoy but that I, but it's still full price even the base game and yep. so i'm really hesitant to spend that much money so we'll see we'll see just how buy spider-man 2 and you'll have a better time I don't know. I'm probably going to skip Spider-Man. I played that first one, but I didn't play a whole lot of it because I just didn't like the stealth missions at all. 
And what is the Miles Morales version? Yeah, I've heard Miles Morales is the better game. I have that free right now for the next few months, at least, on the PlayStation Extra tier. You yep. should just go back and play that at some point. It's a good yeah. week or two. Everyone's going to be uh, getting into it. But with Mario, though, I think I'm going to probably want to dedicate my time to that. So yeah, It's a Mario game. It's a Mario game. So, so yeah, like I said, we'll report back on all of that next week. But yep. for now, let's move on into the second half of the show and to the television section, where we always start with the Sports Corner. Do-do-do. Yep, do-do-do is correct, because the Major League Baseball playoffs continue. They're high, continuing today, in fact. Uh, yes, the Phillies right play now. at 5 Pacific time. Um, your top three winning teams were all eliminated. So in case you thought your records mattered, well, turns out, it really doesn't. Yeah, if you remember a couple of weeks ago when the playoffs started that we said, hey, these are your most winningest teams. Yes. All for naught. All because... for nothing. The remaining teams, of course, on the American League side face each other in the conference series. The Rangers are currently two games ahead against the Astros. As you mentioned last week, we have an AL West showdown for the conference series this, this year. It was also the last uh, division to name a league champion. Yeah, Actually, right. these were both co-champions <laughs> with the yeah. same record. And turns out, yeah, they ended up facing each other. So far, that Rangers offense is just incredibly hard to pitch against, and they're just really showing up the Astros' uh, weaknesses here. It'll be interesting to see tomorrow with Game 3 who ends up taking that one. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, on the National League side, their conference series has the Phillies up one game right now against the Diamondbacks. They won a great game last night. Um, the poor Snicks just couldn't get it going. Um, so the Phillies are just taking it. I really see them taking this all the way. They're just such an electric team. They're just like amazing to watch. You know, when you start the game with a Schwarbomber. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. It's, uh, it's just defeating. Like, Ah, great. Well, we're already down one, and we only threw yeah. one pitch. <laughs> They're just stacked, like, between between Ann and Bryce Harper and even, like, some secret diamonds in the rough, like former Angel Brandon Marsh just showing up mm -hmm. in the postseason. They're all, they're all there, and their pitching has been stellar. I really think they can take this series. I think the Phillies will make it to the World Series again, and I think they can win this year. Um, uh, Phillies Rangers? I think it'll be Phillies Rangers. That's my call. That is my my stance. I don't want the trash shows to win. Yeah. Um, and right now it doesn't look like they're going to. So yeah, I would love to see uh, Rangers, Phillies. Um, and yeah, I would hope that the Phillies take that thing because they deserve it. I think that's a great bunch of young guys that really deserve it. And they've really proven themselves. I don't know. What are, what are your feelings about these matchup matchups? Um, I mean, like I said, the Phillies are fun to watch because it's just hit and hit yeah. and hit. And I'm just not paying attention to the ALCS because I don't want <laughs> either of them to win. <laughs> yeah, no, to be fair, I want to make it clear. I don't love the Rangers e either. We are an AL West, you know, we, we're we an Angel, we're Angels fans. We yes. like don't like either of them. They're, our, they're all our rivals. However, the enemy of my enemy is my friend to a certain extent, and I just don't want the Astros to make it to the World Series again. They've had I, I think the quote you're looking for is, I like Rangers than most other teams, and I hate the Rangers. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but yeah, um, 
we'll see how it goes. We got the rest of this week to figure out what what the what what our uh, World Series picture will look. Well, yeah, October baseball. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry, October home runs. Yeah, just keep coming. They just keep coming. Meanwhile, in other sports, because other sports are happening, the WNBA finals continue. You have the Las Vegas Aces leading the Liberty two to one now on their bid to win back-to-back championships. Like we talked about last week, that will be the only the first time that's happened in, what, tw- almost 20 years, you said? Yeah, since the uh, L.A. Sparks in 2002. Yeah. Um, 2001, 2002. Uh, I thought they would uh, sweep the Liberty, but they Wasn't got sweet? one game out of it on Sunday. So they actually play um, on Wednesday. So we'll be able to know. We will know who will win by next week. So, but yeah. spoiler, it's looking like the Las Vegas Aces. Probably the Aces. If you had to, if you were a betting man. If, if you're a betting man, <laughs> you're in Las Vegas, take New York Liberty by two points. You'll win. <laughs> <laughs> Very funny. Anyways, in the NFL, you have uh, the thing you write every season, which is the 72 Dolphins pop their champagne yet again. Yeah, they do. Because nobody is point, undefeated anymore. At some point, they do. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, there are no undefeated teams in the NFL. Everybody has lost at least one game, and it will remain that way. Uh, and continuing the story from last week, number one draft pick, Bryce Young, still has yet to win a game. Yeah. For the Carolina Panthers. Just looks pretty bleak for the Panthers this season. Considering that there were four quarterbacks taken in the top ten picks, he's the only one to not win a game yet. It's just depressing. It's just honestly depressing. And one of them is possibly out for the season but has at least won a game this year. Yeah. Anything else happening in the NFL of note? Um, bye weeks are happening. Found, or fancy football is happening. Uh, trade deadline for the NFL is um, the on October 31st. You see any big trades? In two weeks. Uh, not necessarily big trades, but definitely some people signing uh, since this week was a bunch of injuries. So a lot of Former players like one Julio Jones was signed to the Eagles just today. Mm-hmm. Um, so be on the lookout for that. As for big trades, the only, the big one that was being talked about a lot was Kirk Cousins and the Vikings, mm-hmm. whether or not the Vikings would move on from Kirk Cousins because he is the final year of a contract. They said no. He's enforces no trade clause. Mm-hmm. So he's at least with the team through the end of the year. Whether that will continue remains to be seen yeah we'll see but if um, you really want to love kirk cousins you can watch quarterback on netflix <laughs> you can do that it um, is a real, thing you can do <laughs> real quick revisiting baseball real quick um i don't know if you saw this angel's favorite jared walsh elected free agency oh yeah he will not be an angel next season good yeah i was kind of surprised i think it's probably because he was sick of them yanking this chain all season of last, last year like they were probably like well Am I going to play? Am I not going to play? Like, I hate living in this limbo. Wawa. The Wawas. So, so. Wawa, wawa, wawa. Somebody somebody made a joke. It's like, oh, well, surely he's going to be a Dodger, right? Yep. Yep, probably. Him and Otani. Just wait. Just wait. Him and Otani will share a team again. (laughs) We'll see. Anyway. Anyways. uh, Signed football news. Yes, also Future news. news. Future news. This about specifically about the 2028 LA Olympics. You won't miss football during that summer because flag football has officially been announced to be part of the LA Olympics. So 
um, reading up on this, the rules state that you cannot be a current professional athlete to participate okay. in flag football. Got it. With that being the stipulation. You are going to try out and you are going to be an Olympic uh, flag footballer? Is that what you're saying? No. My, my question is, <laughs> what retired Hall of Fame <laughs> player... Would you like to see play flag football for it's the 2028 just, LA Olympics? It's just going to be that commercial that they've been running where like Dan Marino unretires. <laughs> Evan Smith and Jerry Rice. <laughs> yeah, flag football because, you know, it's not tackle. You can yeah. run past everyone. <laughs> Randy uh, Moss style. In all seriousness, no, I doubt you're going to see any retired players. I imagine what you might see is maybe, I don't know, does it count to be like a USFL player. <laughs> oh, see, I thought we were going to go with, with the co- collegiate athletes oh. <laughs> and, co- and just make an all SEC team. <laughs> well, that'd be great. Yeah. That goes out there. Let's do it. No, I'm pretty sure what they mean by that is they're going to get amateurs. They're going to get people who have not played football in a. Yes. There, there are flag way. football leagues in a structured yeah. way outside of the professional level. That makes sense. Outside of the United States, there are flag football leagues that are run. You're going to watch some flag football here in L.A.? If they do it at, like, SoFi, are you going to go to a game? Oh, yeah, if they do it at SoFi, we're go. <laughs> which is probably where they're going to do it. Either that yeah. or uh, the um, Rose Bowl. Yeah, the Rose Bowl. Yeah. Oh, God. I still think this is going to be a th- absolute disaster in 2028. Flag football like, or just L.A. Olympics? No, the Olympics. <laughs> it, like, it's just going to be... I, I have to drive those freeways <laughs> to get to work. Did people forget? Hey, that's a 2028 problem. You can work from home by then. Well, the four, they'll, they'll finish those 405 expressway lanes by then, so I'll leave those. Hey, we made it full circle. Look at that. Hey. All right, let's move on, though, because there's one more sport we haven't talked about, which is the one that started this week, which is hockey. The NHL has begun. Your Bruins, Avalanche, Canucks, and Golden Knights are the only teams that remain undefeated tier. For the for now, so yeah. we'll see. Um as expected, Golden Knights and Bruins, because those were the two best teams following last year. Avalanche are always on top until they sputter out in the midseason. And the Canucks, because Canada. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. They haven't really played anyone of note. Well, so that will continue. The hockey season will continue yep. this week. And uh, yeah, through till the new year, as well as, uh, yeah, also gearing up for basketball season, which is soon. Uh, we're already warming up over here. We watched a preseason uh, Pelicans-Hawks game, which was real lousy for the Pelicans. Um, and uh, then we watched, uh, we were trying, she's still trying to get Christy through the last dance. She's still not done. So we watched another episode of the last dance. I know three years too late, but. Yes. Also, how do you stop? You just want to keep rolling into them. I personally do, but we always wear it, watch it, and she just falls asleep towards the like end of the night, and so we just go to sleep. So. All right. Yeah. Um, and lastly, in sports news, if you're not in the U.S. and you really care about it because there's no U.S. team, uh, the world cricket is going on. The ICC uh, W, uh-huh. yeah, is currently going on. Um, you can watch that on ESPN Watch because they play at like two in the morning, so you can watch the replays on it. Uh, the highlights, but yeah, that's currently going on right now. The Cricket World yeah. Cup. Good to know. All right, anything else in sports before we move on? Uh, I mean, we talked about everything. I think we covered a lot. I mean, yeah, there's just a lot of live sports going on right now. 
In fact, Netflix is trying to take advantage of all the live sports that's happening right now, but they're not quite ready to actually pay fees for real leagues. So what do they do? They take a page from their reality uh, playbook and perfect match, sports edition. No, not quite. What they are doing, <laughs> however, is they're doing a special golf tournament between uh, racers from their Formula One documentary series, Drive to Survive, and golfers from their documentary series, Full Swing. It's been slated for a live streaming event on November 14th. Both sides will tee up in a match play tournament at the Wynn Golf Club in the Las Vegas Strip, previously the site of Capital One's The Match Four. The Netflix Cup, as it's called, which is sanctioned by the PGA Tour and Formula One, will have the added benefit of promoting both the sports and Netflix documentary series about them both. Netflix has, in recent years, launched series such as Formula One, Drive to Survive, Full Swing, Untold, and Quarterback, which you just mentioned. New series planned will try to follow athletes in track and field, soccer, rugby, and NASCAR, which I'm sure you're looking forward to. Are you excited for the Netflix Cup? Uh, no, but I am <laughs> curious as to what their live stream is going to look like, because uh -huh. we've seen them try to do a live stream with... yes. What's that? Their only successful live stream so far with the Chris Rock concert, or yeah, the Chris Rock um, stand up. Yes. Because the Love is Love Blind, is Blind one was a, a mitigated disaster. Utter disaster. So this yeah. would be their kind of foray back into a live event. Uh, and it being sports and it being golf. Um, weird that they're doing both Formula Un and uh, Full Swing because those are like actual professional golfers on it. Yeah. Seems unfair. Yeah, just a little seems, bit. Seems unfair. I, mean, I assume they're going to pair them up in, in a one-to-one -one showcase. But I do. I feel like, come on, can you call it something better than Netflix Cup? I like Netflix Cup. There's a clean. There's a cleanliness to it. I like very simple. Yeah, I mean, full swing, drive to survive, swing to survive. Swing to survive was right there. <laughs> yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. I yep. see what you did. Yep, yep. Full drive is right there too. Full drive. Anyway, well, you, you I'm sure full, you'll check. You just do full drive. You set them up at Top Golf and you just <laughs> let them have at it. <laughs> you play. You play the the Top Golf games. Yeah, give them a bunch of beer. Just get them mm -hmm. all drunk. Yeah. yeah, that'd be way better. Do that instead. Now, yeah, let's do that in Vegas too. You know, it's all set yeah, up right there. Right there. Okay, so, Netflix. Our check is in the mail, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. 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 Right. But yeah, I guess you'll probably check this out when this happens. Uh, I'll ch it's it's on uh, November fourteenth. Yes. <laughs> All right. Let's move on. Something else you might also. Oh, well, check maybe out. not because that November fourteenth is a Tuesday, so mm, I'll probably so I have to wait of, a week. Yeah. yeah, day of. So. But what you might also check out though is an upcoming new Dragon Ball series, which has just been announced at the New York Comic Con. Yes, Dragon Ball Super yes. Super. Well, Super Duper. Eh. Super Two. Lower your expectations. Instead, what Toei Animation, the studio behind Dragon Ball, has announced is Dragon Ball Daima. Unlike the Dragon Ball Super anime, Dragon Ball Daima, which in case you're wondering about the Japanese, the word loosely, loosely translates to big or large, it appears to transform all of Dragon Ball Z's characters into itty-bitty versions of themselves with a chibi animation style, so I'm guessing the name is ironic. You yes. See. Uh, but it's like a big head kind of ironic yeah. issue. 
But unlike the reviled Dragon Ball GT, series creator Akira Toriyama is heavily involved with the production process of this new show. Quote, There are some things I can't say, but one thing I can tell you is in this production, Akira Toriyama has been deeply involved beyond his usual capacity overseeing the original work, story, character design, and more. That was executive producer Aikyo Yoku. Additionally, they add, Toriyama has planned entirely new episodes for the storyline, story so please look forward to the start of the series. Are you at all interested in Dragon Ball Babies? I am curious because Dragon Ball Super, when it ended with uh, the Universal arc, was kind of big. It, it was 200, I think it's 200 episode of Dragon Ball Super. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was a big deal at the time. I think it was I mean, it's Dragon Ball. It's been going on since the 80s. And here it is 40 years later with yet a new iteration. Yeah. Um, I did watch the trailer for this. It should see where they're going to go with it, with turning everyone into a baby slash chibi style. Yeah. Uh, but it does feel like it's going to harken back to the original Dragon Ball, especially if Kira Toriyama is involved, uh, that I don't know where it's going to fall in the timeline. Because there is essentially a 10-year gap when GT ended. What if it began? But what if it doesn't? What if it's yeah, yeah, when Dragon separate. Ball Z ended with the Boo saga and then picked up with GT, there is a 10-12 year gap. Now Super took about three years in that time. So there's still about seven year gap in between that they're still trying to cover. If you're still trying to like fix it all into the the same lore, yeah. otherwise, um, it's another wacky adventure from Akira Toriyama. I was gonna say, why does it have to though? Because I think one of the things about original Dragon Ball is it originates as like a gag comic. Essentially, it's about mm-hmm. the comedy. It's about it wasn't a tournament show until Z. Yeah, like, things really changed as that thing. Well, evolved. it wasn't a tournament until Dragon Ball changed it uh with like the last two or three arcs sure they start doing a tournament style yeah. so so maybe this is an opportunity for this these characters to go back to just to be like a comedy like maybe this is a different kind of vibe altogether maybe you're not even needing any timeline because there's no reason to do a timeline thing right i mean I, there is with you are on the right track, I think. Uh, what most people are going to be um, kind of turning their nose on it is that yeah. this isn't the Dragon Ball that I grew up with, which was the fighting of Dragon Ball Z and not the comedy that was Dragon Ball, the original Dragon Ball. Yeah, I think that, yeah, it's going to be divisive probably no matter what they do. But uh, I think it'll still be quality, though. And I think that fans will still have a reason to if it's just basically just for the fan service. I didn't really shy away from the animation, though, because it did feel like fall in line with what they were doing with Super. That's good. Um, because Dragon Ball Z was a lot of, like, hard edges of the 80s. Yeah. Um, Super was a lot more curved. And you tell that with the kind of the character designs of the new characters that they added. So the falls in line with Daima with Super. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess we'll have to see. Of course... This was just announced, so no word on 
whether we will get a Japanese uh, US uh, co-stream, whether this will be on Crunchyroll, like all these are questions to for another time, but I'm sure right. if this I have Dragon new, new Dragon Ball series announced with trailer dropped. Alrighty. Well, that's it for TV news. Uh, I understand yet that you watched something a little uh, spooky for the October I watched times. something uh, in season, you can say. Yeah, you did. Um, you did. Before I get into that, because I'm going to get into this one. Okay. Did you watch anything? So to, uh, this morning, I was in the room while Christine watched the first episode of the new Hulu Goosebumps series. Uh, uh, is that Hulu or is that Disney? Plus, that is Hulu. it's on both. That is, well, we watched it on Hulu. It might also be on Disney Plus. Okay. Uh, but yeah, uh, so I was there for most of it. I don't think it's for me. Um, one, context. I didn't really grow up with the Goosebumps books. I was not really a reader of those kinds of kids' books. So I'm not a Goosebumps kid. So zero nostalgia, zero attachment to that franchise. Second thing is, they're doing very clearly trying to do like a spinoff of the film from last year. And so tonally, mm-hmm. it seems like people who saw that thing feel about like this is where it kind of picks up tonally from where that le- left off. Or this year? Was that this year? No, that was last year, but I think it was called like yeah. Goosebumps Tricks or Treat. Something like that. I forget. It was um, like, okay, we're in October last year. Yeah. But yeah, so, but from my, but from my perspective, somebody who has no context for anything, it just seems like they're just doing like Stranger Things, which is not something I really appreciate. Mm-hmm. Goosebumps ostensibly is a kids franchise, but this is really leaning hard into older teen territory. So it's fairly violent. It's kind of suggestive. It's very like, it's pretty adult for something that kids would recognize as a Goosebumps thing. So just know that going into it. Um, it's just not for me. Um, it does the creepy thing. It's shot really dark. So you don't see a whole lot of stuff coming. Um, it seems like there's going to be an audience for this if you like that Goosebumps movie. But generally speaking, it, it didn't seem something I would vibe with. But tis the season, right? Yeah. Tis the season. Um, also, tis the season. Uh, before I get to what we're going to talk about, I watched something else. We started to watch something else and actually caught up on The Golden Bachelor. Oh, boy. You're do- you're going for it? You're going for The Golden I didn't, Bachelor? I did not suggest this. This is brought up to me by my doctor. Um, She just really wanted to watch it. So, hey, we ran out of stuff to watch. I was like, hey, okay, well, I guess we'll just put this on and see what happens. Yeah, and they're too nice and not catty <laughs> enough. But at the same time, why are there all these sixty and seventy year old women having the exact same arguments that the twenty year olds <laughs> are having? This is exactly our experience. Uh, we watched the first episode, and we had the exact same two thoughts, which is they're not stupid enough. Half of what's enjoyable about this kind of show is how stupid everybody is. They're too smart. They've lived too much life. They're mm-hmm. too 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 wise. And yet the flip side also feels like, wait, why are we, why are they so jealous of each other? Why does it feel so weird? Like it's just, it feels so strange. It feels very manufactured, especially when they do the one-on-ones with the camera. And it's like, yeah. I just like I like we held hands and I hugged them and I definitely felt a connection there. There has to be something there. This might just be my forever partner for the next 10 years or whatever yeah. we have. 
Yeah, we have completely bailed on the Golden Bachelor. However, we are full steam ahead on Bachelor in Paradise. Oh, see, I stopped because uh, we're watching this on Hulu. So I stopped it before it went into Bachelor in Paradise. I didn't want that to be added to our uh, watch content yeah. and start getting us more ads for it. <laughs> I just the only thing I will say about Bachelor in Paradise is right now the cliffhanger that the second episode left off on. One of the competitors is constipated. <laughs> has not pooped in 10 days, and if she does not deliver a bowel movement within before midnight that night, she will have to be removed from the show and operated upon. What? That is what's happened. That is your update on what is happening currently in Bachelor of Paradise. I, I feel like I've seen something like this on, um, <laughs> on like other... Okay. The mole. This happened on the mole like years ago, where the person who was the mole or ended up being the mole got sent to the hospital for two <laughs> weeks. So everyone else is trying to figure out like, is are they going to come back? Are they not? Are they the mole? Do we even have a mole? Was that like a mole tactic to get out of doing these challenges? <laughs> it was really weird, but yeah, having like an actual like medical emergency in the middle of filming a reality competition pretty wild yeah um and only other time i've seen that happen is with the amazing race during the covid season where the people who didn't want to return didn't and just brought back teams who like were just previously eliminated into the race but yeah it's it's a thing that happens it doesn't happen that often but it's always fascinating when that happens you just have to see like all the pivots Mm -hmm. um one of my favorite parts of of that is like the cooking competitions when someone cuts their hand or like yeah like there's blood everywhere they have to stop production figure out what's going on and then they lose all that time as they stitch them up to get them back in or in the case of like hell's kitchen they take them out for the service because they like hyperventilate or like pass out from the heat in the kitchen yeah. and then come back or like for like, it to come back Producers just eat that up. Like reality producers are just like, oh, nom, 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 nom. And that mm-hmm. stuff happens because it makes good TV and they're not wrong. But, anyways, yes, I get where you're coming from with Golden Bachelor. It's missing a lot of the chaos. If it was just slightly more chaotic, then maybe it'd be interesting enough to put, keep on. But honestly, we were just watching this thing and we were just like, this is too cute. Like, this is too gentle. And that's just not what we're looking for in our Bachelor content, I guess. Are you going to stick with it? I mean, yeah, probably. Hmm. Um, it's just the 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 talk, like I said, the talking of them, like when they said, like, oh, like we have a connection, and I have a connection with all these girls. I like all of you, but also don't get in my way because I'm gonna like he's mine. I'm gonna win this. <laughs> yeah, it's very it's like, weird. It's like you're a sixty year old. You're, you're yeah, seventy. I imagine what's happening is a little bit of a tug of war between the contestants and the producers, because the producers are probably in everybody's ear being like, no, you need to be like, no, like be a little more forceful, like, like make some drama happen. Uh, uh, The fake crocodile tears of like, someone's like, why is she going around saying that she was had a connection? Like, like we all like had a had our moment with him and i feel like my mom is more genuine than hers why yeah. she went around saying that <laughs> just wait until a couple more weeks and you get into when people start complaining they don't they haven't had a one-on-one yet yes like one-on-one i'm so sad i haven't gotten a one-on-one yeah that's always <laughs> the best part yes <laughs> anyways 
Anyway. Enough about The Bachelor, though. Let's talk about the, the thing that you want to talk about. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about the thing I want to talk about and the thing that everyone should be watching. Usher, usher, as a, usher, usher, usher. Well, yeah, Usher at the Super Bowl, but that's in February. <laughs> Nobody's <laughs> house. It's fallen. Yes. The Fallen House of Usher. I'm sorry. The Fall of the House of Usher on Netflix. Do you know what this is? Well, I know it's based on an Edgar Allan Poe story. Yes, The Fall of the House of Usher. Yes. But it is based on more than just that. It's based on several works of Edgar Allan Poe, which is uh-huh. so in season right now with October uh-huh. and spookiness. And if you like Edgar Allan Poe and you like Succession, this is right up your alley. Wait, no, succession, sorry. Succession, If you huh? didn't like Succession. Oh, okay. And you like Edgar Allan Poe, and you like people like suffering and torture and suspense and all that stuff. Do I have a show for you? <laughs> uh, the Fall of the House of Usher is a retelling and kind of bit of reimagining of Edgar Allan Poe stories told through the narrative of the House of Usher. And how each of the siblings met a terrible fate. Each one in their own unique way via an Edgar Allan Poe story. Mm-hmm. Now, I know some of them, don't know all of them, but having watched it and then going online and reading like the quick synopsis of it, it's like, oh yeah, yeah, I can see where they're going with this. Like, there's definitely like hints and elements of it, and I think anyone who is like a big Edgar Allan Poe fan sees all the intricate details that they go into this. But at the same time, even if you're not an Edgar Allan Poe fan, and you're just passively familiar with like, okay, like he does like the horror stories. Like, mm-hmm. like I think everyone knows The Raven, Nevermore, and maybe The Pit and the Pendulum. But, like, outside of that, um, the stories that they use and the way that they believe it into the downfall of this family, really interesting, really suspenseful. You don't know where it's really going until, like, the last 10 minutes. It's like, oh, that's how it ties into this story of um, of Edgar Allan Poe's story. Because mm-hmm. it, if you're paying attention... It gives you the title um, per episode, per episode based on a story. So you're like, okay, if I know the story, I know it's about this person because they use the exact same names. And it's like, okay, so this person's going to die then, but I don't remember how they die. Huh. And then it gives you a unique twist on it um, okay. because some of like his stuff, uh, just. For instance, um, one of the stories is about a very rich party that happens. And um, because they're trying to sequester away from the plague that's going on outside. Only for them to then contract said plague within the house because of uh, one of the guests. One of the mysterious guests brought it in, like hit it, and then thus doomed everyone inside. Mm. That's the original story. Mm-hmm. How do you take something like that, which is very much based in the 1800s, with dealing with like plague and kind of like a rich, like fancy party, and how do you modernize that to a doomed scenario in modern day, mm-hmm. where you have a 
rich party with a doomed scenario of people dying. Is this just a spooky gothic black or uh, black mirror? Uh, it's hard to say that because <laughs> it's not an anthology. It's a through linear oh, story. Okay. Because okay. that was my thought going into this is that this is going to be yes. an anthology. Quick side note, that must be really trendy right now because same thing with that Goosebump series. We went into it thinking it was going to be an anthology series mm -hmm. because each one is the names of the episodes are names of Goosebumps books. Right. It's not. So They're all connected. It's so weird. I'm like, what are they doing? This makes even less sense for what you're describing here because like, how are they tackling all of this with the same characters? See, that's what I thought too, yeah. especially going into this. Like, how are they all going to like, one, meet their own deaths, but also um, <laughs> connect everything. Like, especially yeah. the Telltale Heart um, yeah. one that they go through. Yeah. It's like, yeah, like I know that story. That's the, the beating heart in the floorboards that just keeps beating, keeps beating, keeps beating. <laughs> like, how do you take a modern take on that? Well, they take a lot of the themes and elements from that story of the beating heart, of the, um, of the like, the twitchiness of the main character, of the like the um typically the character's name like stripped right straight from it as well even if the character is unnamed in the original story they give them a name obviously uh but also like if they have the, the ability they tie it into other stories as well because it is an unnamed character but they take the themes the elements and the color palette well i forgot to talk about the color palette everyone has a very unique color palette i really really love that uh, that kind of attention to detail too, that when everyone dies, it's all kind of very monochromatic tone mm -hmm. um, based both in lighting, but also in theme. Uh, it's a lot well done, both from a production standpoint and from a written standpoint, tying all these stories together. I can see this uh, coming up at the end of the year list. It's wow. good. Okay. All right. Yeah, and I think, yeah, I think what kind of... I think what kind of like ties me into it, like why it's so good is because it does tie in all these characters. It sets it up at the beginning saying all these characters are going to die, mm. but then you also don't know how, unless you like really know your Edgar Allan Poe stories, then it's, it feels more like a surprise, kind of like a, a fresh take on these kind of old decades centuries old stories okay yeah christy uh has been wanting to watch this maybe we'll watch this tomorrow night uh but yeah um yeah i'm curious i'm curious now uh we'll check it out uh i would go into it as blind as possible I mean, besides I mean, what you just told me. Besides what I just told you, but like, <laughs> like, because like what I did was that like I would watch the episode and then read the synopsis, like, oh, so that's where the elements they took it from, rather than like, okay, I see what the episode title is, let me go look it up and then kind of put it together. Okay, got it. Um, also, not just his short stories, but there are several times where they put his actual poems out of people's mouths too. So I thought that was a really neat oh, touch yeah, as that's well. Fun. That's which, a fun touch. I mean, if you want to get to like a meta layer of it, um, did Edgar Allan Poe live in this universe, or is yeah. this just all... <laughs> figure that out in the finale? Yeah. All you need to do is have a guy who says like, "Oh, I'm Edgar," and then boom, crash, crash, cut. That's the end, right? 
<laughs> oh, I mean, I, I would hope so, but no, no, that's not <laughs> what happened. Um, there is one character in here that I one didn't wasn't expecting to be in this kind of uh like the actor was expected to be in this kind of uh show, but absolutely nailed it, nailed his character. I won't tell you who, because I want you to be surprised. Oh boy! Okay. But it's a famous actor. All right, just, don't tell me anything like, else. Like, wait, what? What's he doing in here? And just absolutely nails the role. All right, looking forward to it. Anyways, let's move on. Anything else you want to talk about with television shows? Uh, nothing else that I watched. All right, let's keep cruising then. Screws on into cancellations and renewals. What am I First, no longer watching? Well, you uh, don't have this written correctly, uh, but what I do know is that they have canceled the after party on oh, Apple yes, TV. Sorry. Plus, um, so I, that's why it says seasons. two seasons. Yes. Yeah. However, this might not be the end of the after party. A couple producers went on social media to say they are shopping it around to other suitors. So there's a possibility that by year's end, maybe we hear of Amazon Prime picking it up or some other some other streaming network. So fingers crossed that there will be more after party. But honestly, where I'm at with it is I think it ran its course. I think they well, we had a second we... time with diminishing returns. And to me, that proves that maybe maybe this is best laid where it is. Well, as we said two, two or three weeks ago now when we talked yeah. about it, um, that yeah, this second season, I see what they wanted to do, but yeah. it also felt forced trying to tie in the characters that we knew into this scenario. Yeah, we'll always have that first season, and I think that's what's going to go down in history as the best part. And hey, so. we actually pitched a third season of where they could take it. So. We did. They could still do it. I don't know. Yeah. They could surprise us in a week and announce a third season elsewhere. So we'll just see. But it won't be happening on Apple TV+. Plus. Moving on from cancellations to renewals, some stuff is coming back. Star Trek Prodigy. I just was going to make a joke about the Prodigy. I was going to say, who's this fire starter? But it didn't come fast enough. No. Um, we'll get a second season on, you have Netflix here. That is, is that correct. accurate? That is accurate. It got canceled on uh, uh, Paramount, Paramount Plus, Plus, but that's not a typo. It will be having its second season wow. on Netflix. That's a shocker right there. Yes. Wow. So Netflix actually paid for a Star Trek. Yeah, I guess so. Meanwhile, Master Chef Junior will return for a ninth season on Fox. Based on a true story, we'll get a second season on Peacock, and that's my jam! We'll get a third season on NBC because they didn't have anything ready to put on their schedule. And that is cheap to make. And Jimmy Fallon said, yes, just deposit my check. Yep, exactly. Well, just drop it off on my door. Yep. Next, we have one death to talk about here. Rudolph Isley, age 84, Hall of Fame singer. You might know him as one of the Isley brothers. And songwriter wrote songs such as It's Your Thing and That Lady. So there you go. Yep. Uh, for those of you who took music history, it's not Isley <laughs> Brothers. <laughs> music history. <laughs> anyway, let's move on to the last section of the show here, which is the movie section. And as we always start, we start with the weekend box office numbers. But hey, we kind of already told you what the number one movie was. But in case you missed it, 
Taylor Swift, The Eras Tour was your number one movie with $92 million. Followed by number two, The Exorcist, Colin the Believer with another $10 million. That's at 44 domestic. Number three, Paw Patrol, The Mighty Movie with 6.8 this week, putting it at 49. Number four, Saw X, 10, whatever, $5.6 million this week. That's at 41. And rounding out your top five, The Creator with another $4.3 million. That's sitting at 32. Uh, next week. Yep. We'll see, because we got a couple of, uh, I wouldn't call them bangers, but we got a couple of movies. <laughs> I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if Taylor honestly takes a second weekend here, because mm-hmm. looking at the, the competition, it's not great. The Canterville Ghost, which is another one of your October spookies. This is the an animated film. Yeah. Uh, by then, Blue Fox or Blue Sky Fox. Oh, okay. Like that. And then, for those of you who want to carve out three and a half hours of your life, Killers of the Flower Moon, the new Martin Scorsese film, is out in theaters this week as well. That gets a huge wide release. Uh, it was a limited engagement before, but now that's everywhere. I mean, it's super, super long. And I have no interest in seeing it, but people are saying that it's pretty good. It's just that I would rather watch that on a couch where I can get up and pee as opposed to holding it. Yes, somewhere Uh, where I can pause it and figure out what's going on in the movie. Let me put it that way. Put it this way. I had to pee during Taylor Swift, and that was only two hours and 48 minutes. Uh, I ended up Try and peeing as soon as the uh, the red era started because I was like, I know she's gonna do twenty two, and we are never ever getting back together. I have time <laughs> to go and come back, and I will miss nothing. Did you end up getting a Taylor Swift cup while you were there? So I didn't want, I didn't really want to buy anything because it was ten thirty in the morning, so I didn't want to have popcorn or a soda. Uh, so my strategy was like, oh well, I have buy it on the way out. That bought everything next to me. If they leave something, I'll pick it up. I'll strategically Oh, wait. one of those. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to do. Nobody left jack shit. Everybody took what they bought because it's valuable. And yes. so, yeah, no, I didn't get any souvenirs. Although, they did give me a free poster, which is uh, sitting on the table over there. You can't see it. But, yes, okay. a free, like, 8 by 11 Eras Tour poster with Taylor on it. So, that's something. <laughs> it's so All right, let's get to the new movie news. Yes, let's go to movie news. Um, that's it for the new releases. So yes, I don't know you know what you want with that information. Well, you know, maybe I'll just have to go out and buy Taylor Swift on tour since um, I probably won't get to the movie theater in two weeks. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry to uh, to to warn you though. If you're planning on buying that in a physical form, maybe don't go to Best Buy or Target. Because Best Buy announced that they will be phasing out sales of DVDs and Blu-rays, both in store and online, in early 2024. Best Buy made the initial decision to end DVD sales nine months ago, but confirmed on Friday that it is ending it and the Blu-rays, etc. Quote, to say the obvious, the way we watch movies and TV shows is much different today than it was decades ago. That's according to a Best Buy spokesperson. Quote, making this change gives us more space and opportunity to bring customers new and innovative tech for them to explore, discover, and enjoy. 
Best Buy will continue to sell movies and TV shows on physical discs through the 2023 holiday shopping season online and in stores before discontinuing sales in the new year. The company will continue to sell video games as well in their physical forms uh, despite this change. Best Buy's exit from the market will leave Amazon, Walmart, I'm going to put an asterisk next to Target because they made a similar announcement a few weeks ago. Yep. And Redbox, not mentioned here, is Barnes & Noble, which have also confirmed they will not be changing their discs uh, sales for 2024. Um, as the top retailers in the U.S. stocking DVDs and Blu-ray discs. Ingram Entertainment, a leading DVD distributor, recently announced that it would wind down operations after more than 35 years in business. The company said it will, quote, continue to provide catalog products, a.k.a existing stuff that they have in print, not new print discs, mm -hmm. to customers into the fourth quarter of 2023. So yeah, get your discs now while you still can. In fact, it just so happens I have a deal for everybody who is looking to buy some discs right now. Criterion.com right now, as I'm speaking, has for the next, like for the day, for 24 hours, has a sale right now, 50% off of everything. So if you've been waiting to get some Criterion uh, edition of Blu-rays, DVDs, or even 4K Ultra DVDs, get them now. Uh, yeah, it is a flash sale for yes. 4K discs. Blue do it Blu now. Do it now. By the time you're hearing this, it might be too late, but do it now. Mm -hmm. uh, we did it. We picked up uh, a 4K, Ultra 4K uh, copy of The Last Waltz, the, cl the classic concert film mm -hmm. about the band because uh, that's one of Christie's favorites. And also the company documentary, uh, the official cast recording documentary. So we got ours. You can get yours. I, I, I'm looking right now. You can get The Princess Bride on yes, say, 4K. Yep. Pretty good. Anyway. Uh, ooh, Bull Durham? Yeah. Hoop Dreams. Classic. Yep. We got Hoop Dreams. Doctor Strange Love. Classic. Yep. Yeah, they got a lot of classic. I mean, that's the Criterion label. Like, you're yep. not kidding. They also have a lot of Godzilla films, if you're into that. Yep, uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Yep. Anyways, we don't we don't have time to read a bunch of movie names. But yes. what we can do is say, yes, this is sad. Best Buy bailing on physical discs is unfortunate, especially in a world where streaming looks like it's hanging on a precipice and is about to fall over any time. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it sucks to be told, oh, by the way, you're not even going to be able to buy physical plate discs at the Best Buy, even when your favorite movie comes off of streaming. It sucks. It's like we're set up being set up to fail. Uh, I mean, this is also why we are big proponents of physical media because you own it. When you buy it, you own it. You don't own yeah. it for the life of the streaming company. You don't own it yeah. for the life of the streaming service. But if you replace uh, that. Well, that and we've also talked about um, services like Google Play, like PlayStation View, um, PlayStation, uh, PlayStation whatever. PlayStation View. Oh, that's the TV stuff. <laughs> whatever PlayStation uh, was, video, video. <laughs> the thing we talked about last week? Yeah. PlayStation Core is what they're called like that. No, so no. Pictures Core. No, before that. Before that. You can't buy uh, any like videos or like uh, movies or TV shows from PlayStation anymore either. Oh, right. Yeah. Digital. That's yeah, what I'm talking about. Like digital storefronts. storefronts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
for the life of the storefront. And if the storefront goes away, then so does your collection. Yes, you're right. But what I'm saying is, is this makes it even worse because that is true, but with fewer opportunities and fewer areas we can actually buy physical discs, that's mm-hmm. going to become possible too. Like the studios are getting what they want, which is lock down our viewing to only what they want us to see instead of being able to have ownership of it. And that sucks. I know. So not a great story. Speaking of not great stories, we have a follow-up here about the SAG After Talks, uh, which looked like they were going to actually happen this week. It looked like their the talks between SAG After and the major studios were started, but they have stopped already. They have broken down, as the AMPTP said Wednesday. The gap between the two sides is quote too great. That was in a statement to members after midnight on Wednesday night. The union accused the studios of engaging in bully tactics and said that the studios had walked away from the bargaining table after refusing to counter the union's latest offer. The key stumbling block is a union proposal to share in streaming revenue, which the AMPTP says would cost $800 million a year. In actuality, the difference is more around $480 million a year between what SAG-AFTRA wants, 500, and what the AMPTP wants, 20. (laughs) <laughs> That's a huge difference. <laughs> sag After wants a share of streaming revenue for all union-covered shows, both made for streaming and films and TV shows, licensed from other platforms, which would go well beyond the success-based bonus won by the Writers Guild in their agreement. sag After is also seeking an 11% increase in minimum rates to keep pace with inflation. The AMPTP is offering the same deal it gave the WGA and the Directors Guild which was 5%, followed by increases of 4 and 3.5. The two sides are at odds on other issues as well, including artificial intelligence and increases in minimum rates. But it was that vast gap on streaming residuals that prompted the breakdown in talks. So as much as we wanted the WGA agreement to kind of set a template for the actors, it looked like it didn't. Instead, it's only pinpointed the difference between the two unions to the studios, from the studio perspective, it looks like, well, this isn't good enough. That the deal we just made with the writers isn't good enough for you guys. And it's not. And I think that the actors are right for standing firm here. But it does suck because it means that this is going to go longer than it should. Because the studios just have it in their minds that these are just huge asks. Right. And let's not, like, mesh everyone together. These are actors, both high-end actors that you see on the billboards and everyone you see uh, in the background, everyone you see as a supporting character, everyone you don't see because you're not watching all the other TV shows out there that they're making as well. Yeah. I want to, yeah, I want to even mention like around the corner, sometimes I park around the corner from my, from my condo and there's, a, a solidarity sign outside that's in solidarity the sag after strike so mm-hmm. actors are everywhere actors are not just the people on the celebrity red carpets they're also the people who are just around the corner from you doing the occasional tv commercial like it's every they're everywhere yep so yeah so, uh still standing for uh we said we hoped last week we would have official word that they would sign something or at least send something to members but Nope. Not quite yet. Still no. playing hardball. It sucks to see, but hopefully good news will hear, be here soon, just not quite yet. 
All right. Did you watch any movies this week? Uh, no, but I did get a peek ahead, and Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse will be yes. coming to Netflix on October 31st. Saw that's that. in yes. two weeks. So you going to watch it again? Uh, Yeah, I'll watch it for a third time. <laughs> and fourth time. And then at half speed, and then at twice speed. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> anyway, uh, well, that's cool that it'll be available to people who haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, not a whole lot of movies this week. Um, yeah, not much to report here. Yep. Well, then that will do it for us here. I believe that will. That will do it for the Media Boat podcast this week, but we will be back next week for a new episode where we'll have even more to talk about, including. Spider-Man 2, Super Mario Wonder. Uh, so video games are going to be stacked. We might start with video games next week just because of how yeah, stacked it'll be. So probably tune in for that. But in the meantime, yeah, we'll have all sorts of other news and stuff for you as well in our other um, categories. So look forward to that. If you want to see us in video form, you can do so on YouTube. Search YouTube for Media Boat Podcast and you'll find our channel there. Like follow, subscribe, click the bell for notifications when we upload new videos, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So you can find us in video form there. If you want to hear us in your ear holes, you can also hear us in audio form. Every podcast service imaginable, just search Media Boat Podcast and you'll find us. That includes iHeartRadio, Spotify, uh, uh, wherever, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Amazon, we're there. So check us out on those platforms. You can also find us on social media. Twitter, we're at Media Boat Cast. Facebook, search Media Boat Podcast to find our page there. Twitch.tv slash Media Boat is where you can watch us play video games. You'll be live on Thursday night with some Spider-Man 2. Yep. You can also find us on MediaBoatPodcast.com, which is our website where we post an archive of our podcasts as they go live, as well as some writing. As I mentioned, my thoughts are up about the Eras Tour movie on there if you want to read that in more in depth. And that, I believe, are the plugs. Thank you for watching. We'll be back next week. Oh, yeah, and email us if you have any questions, comments, or anything about the show. Mediaboatpodcast at gmail.com is that email address. And that, now we'll do it. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week for another one. We'll be back next week. More news, more thoughts, more of us. Definitely more thoughts. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And more news. Yeah. All right. Bye. Forward to it. See ya.